Hello everyone, and welcome to this rather unique edition of Starscream's Ghost, a Transformers podcast. I'm Jeremy Graves, just doing a little sort of pre-introduction before we get to the show proper, just to add some context surrounding what you are about to hear. As we're going to talk about when the show starts proper, this episode of the podcast is very much more visual focused, because we're actually primarily looking at the extras included on the Season 3 and 4 Transformers DVD set. We look at some fan art, we talk about character profiles, we go into a quiz that's included on DVD, we also look at some convention footage. Now what you are listening to, this audio-only version, if you will, is a very much a cut-down version of that full episode. So if you want to see the episode in full, I encourage you to head over to YouTube, search for Starscream's Ghost Podcast on YouTube, you should find our channel just fine, and you can see the episode in full with everything that we are discussing visually very much in front of you. So what you are listening to today in this audio-only form is very much an extract of that. You can see on the time codes of this podcast description what has actually been included, but there is more content, so to speak, that you can watch on the YouTube version. So if there is the odd reference made during this audio episode that feels like we're looking at something and is very much tailored more to what we're looking at, that is because that's more than likely the case. But still very much a listenable experience, in my opinion, if you are only going to check out this audio version. With that being said, I hope you enjoy listening to this edition of the podcast. And from myself, Jeremy, I'm going to hand it over to myself, Jeremy. Speak to you soon, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello everyone, and welcome to Starscream's Ghost, a Transformers podcast, your episode-by-episode podcast guide through the classic Transformers Generation 1 cartoon. I am Jeremy Graves, and joining me, as per usual, as we continue our epilogue, as it were, when it comes to the Transformers G1 continuity at this stage in our podcast plan that we have that we have laid out and ironed out and such, my good friend in crime, Mr. Andy Hanley. Good sir, how are you doing today? I, I am doing very well. My, my mind is suddenly racing on the fact that it's October and we have a podcast with Ghost in the title. And like, what can we do for Halloween? <laughs> and I, I, I don't know the answer to that question because it's literally just popped into my head. But there, there we are. Welcome to my thought processes, everyone. There must have been a Transformers episode with a Halloween theme in it, surely. I mean, I mean certainly not G1 because we've watched them all. Um we can, yeah. we can, in fact, say that with, with some assurance now, can't yeah, we? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like I remember the comics, you know, had a very famous um, cover with Starscream as Santa, but I don't think he ever did, you know, Halloween stuff. I don't think he ever had a pumpkin or anything. <laughs> no, no, never Sorry. had a pumpkin spice latte or whatever. They didn't really have those in the 80s, though. So, you know. Okay, I feel the need to point out, I just googled the words Transformers Halloween episode. And of course, there was a TF Wiki link, so I've clicked on it. And it's loaded up a page which is simply called Halloween. Let me read to you the first paragraph of this page. Halloween is an Earth holiday in which humans dress up in strange outfits that make them look look like other people or things, then demand sugary offerings from their neighbours. It is usually celebrated on October 31st and is a ritual to celebrate the end of summer which started in Ireland many centuries ago, though it has evolved significantly since then. There you go. Well, I didn't know about the Ireland thing, so I feel like I've learned something today. I know, right? There is is that. So, in terms of... This is a divergent topic to begin with, but I'm not fussed. So, actually, you know what? Before I carry on, I will say, folks, this episode 
going to be a bit different than normal. It, as we go along, it's going to be a lot more visual focused because we are going to be focusing today primarily on the Season 3 and 4 DVD extras. We did this before when it came to the Season 2 extras. This time I've got the UK DVD, which if you're watching a video version of this, I'm holding in my hand right now up to the screen. And we're going to be checking out some of the extras, including a quiz. So we will have that to look forward to to test our, well let's face it, Andy's Transformers knowledge to see how well he embarks on that. So, if you're if you're listening to the audio-only version of this, if the runtime looks a heck of a lot shorter than normal, chances are there's actually more content you can watch on our YouTube channel on this very episode, because it will be an extended version of it. So make sure you go onto YouTube, search for Starscream's Ghost Podcast, you'll find our YouTube channel, and you'll be able to watch this episode accordingly. But back to Halloween, Andy. Yeah, back to the important business of this episode. <laughs> so, according to the, to, the, to the TF Wiki, here are the following sections they have on this. Section 1, Fiction, with the following subsections. Legends Anthology, Energon Cartoon, Animated Cartoon, Revenge of the Fallen Film, Rescue Bots Cartoon, Rescue Bots Academy Cartoon, Transformers Social Media. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm looking forward to the non-fiction section. <laughs> Well, this is where it is. In some ways, this might be fun for me to actually try and screen share in a second. But we also have section two toys, which is Universe 2003 Disney label, <laughs> Hello Kitty cross Q Transformers, and Bot Bot, a uh, Bot Bots, excuse me. <laughs> and then there's just general merchandise, which is Collegeville costumes, by season ink, disguise ink, and then a notes section accordingly. Yeah, but no, no, no G one fiction. But right, fiction. hang on, I'm I'm skipping right ahead, Andy, to what the Hello Kitty ones are. Give me a second. Yeah, I I feel like I'm at least dimly aware of these. A because like everything has a Hello Hello Kitty crossover at some point, and B I feel like I have seen or heard something about these in the past. All right, let me see if I can quickly make this work on my uh, on my machine here. You guys probably oh. won't hear this in the edit, but bear with me. Yeah, and while you're doing that, I, I I am upset that we didn't get any kind of like G1 Halloween episode because like you can substitute kind of candy for Energon and have some kind of like you know I don't know Cosmos going door to door asking for Energon <laughs> or something. I feel like they missed an opportunity there. Okay, who would be your Halloween Transformer if you had to have one? Would it be Cosmos, the one going door to door? I mean, I mean, if if you want all the candy, you probably want like. Devastator or something. <laughs> I don't know. That seems like that would work quite well. I, I always think from the Autobot point of view, Cliff Jumper would be the one just to go and give me a candy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cliff Jumper would definitely be up for that. Right. So oh here God. is the Transformers Hello Kitty Halloween. I need this, Andy. I, I'll, I'll make sure to try and put this like in our in our graphic on the, on the podcast graphic. So if you're looking at it on your phone or listening to the audio version, you should be able to see that. Excuse me, on the graphic on screen. That, that well, is, I really that like that. Something. That is quite amazing. So, uh, released in 2015, apparently. I, I approve. So, if I quickly scroll back, so what other Halloween looking costumes? Costumes. Uh, Night Prowler versus Waspinator. So, this is from the Beast uh, Wars slash, slash Machines line of things. 
Which does look actually pretty cool, I've got to say. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's quite, quite decent. It's funny, actually, talking about Beast Wars and Beast Machines, we did actually get a question on our YouTube channel, who's, uh, whose name escapes me off the top of my head. I'm really sorry, I'll try and look for that in a second. But we did actually get a comment asking any chance of us covering Beast Machines and or Beast Wars, and chances are at the end of this episode we might delve into a little bit what may or may not be coming up next when it comes to the podcast. But honestly, I've never seen Beast Wars and or Machines. In fact, it was the username Botboy Versus. That was a question. So thank you very much for that on the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've never seen Beast Wars or Beast Machines, but it's not very easily accessible from my point of view. Like, I don't think it's streaming anywhere specifically. I don't have any DVDs of it. Whereas when it comes to, say, like the Japanese Takara series, I've actually got all the DVDs of them. So that's how I could potentially watch those in a heartbeat, as well as, obviously, the rest of G1 and whatnot. But um, what about from your point of view, Andy? Have you actually ever embarked on on Beast Wars or Beast Machines yourself? No, no, it never, it never really caught me. It was as kind of, you know, I, I, know, I, I think because I'd sort of dialed out of Transformers by that point, and I've always been a bit of a G one traditionalist, very Old Testament, I guess you could say. <laughs> like, you know, anything kind of subsequent to that, I, you know, I, I wasn't one of those people like frothing at the mouth on the internet every time they changed it, apart from the Michael Bay films, maybe. But yeah, n- none of them ever really kind of grabbed me as like, oh, you know, I, I was very much, I liked the Transformers that I liked and never really branched out beyond that. So what else do we have here? We have Leatherhide versus Black Arachnia. That looks pretty cool as well. I love yeah, that colour scheme. That's, that's pretty cool. It's a really nice colour scheme. Mickey Mouse trailer Halloween version. Which looks, looks a lot like it's a, a pretty similar mould to the, the, the Sanrio thing here. So. Look at the shoes! <laughs> the, the shoes are very the, good. Those, those are incredible! <laughs> <laughs> so, right, what, what is the full description of this? So, Halloween Mickey Mouse is a redeco of, of the Mickey Mouse trailer done up in orange and black and was exclusive to 7-Eleven stores in Japan. That's interesting. The robot mode features a variety of Halloween-themed paint applications, such as a jack-o'-lantern face and skulls on its torso, and spider webs on, on the on the trailer kibble. That is actually what it says. I thought we were talking about dog food for a second. Uh, the little Mickey figure has a blue face and red eyes. These are pretty cool, actually. We've got Donald Duck's Halloween version. Yeah, so that 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 I'm into. That's that's pretty cool. That 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 looks really cool. Oh, this is, this is bad for my wallet potentially. We looked at Hello Kitty. <laughs> Just part of the third Bot Bot's Halloween Night series. All right. I mean, that just looks cool. I like that. Yeah, simple but effective. Then we've got. Wait, what? Do you know what? I'm not even going to ask. Like, I mean, yeah. Sassy like versions of Optimus Prime and Bumblebee for adult women as Halloween <laughs> costumes. I mean... It's a, it's a bit of a stretch, but... Oh, there we go. Well, that, um, that concludes that discussion then, folks, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's, yes, like I say, the, the, the primary focus of today, before we got into Halloween talk, is we're going to be focusing on the Season 3 and 4 DVD extras. So what I am going to do now, and we will see if I can do this successfully in the edit. Again, you probably won't notice how much of an awkward thing this is going to be for me to make sure it works. So what we've got now, folks, is this is the final disc. I know it says volume 10, but it's essentially just the last disc of the season 3 and 4 set, mainly because that's where the bonus features are, and that's obviously what we're primarily going to be looking at here today. But for the purposes of discussion, 
If we look in the episode selection bit, this is what the menu layout is like. In terms of this actual disc, Andy, not a bad section selection of episodes, in fairness. If you wanted one disc from season three, arguably, this is probably the best one. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty pretty solid pretty solid lineup. So then we venture back to the main menu. Uh, in terms of audio setup, I've not actually delved into this too much. We have got surround 5.1 or 2.0 as options. I, I wonder what the Hasbro Pulse episodes would have been. I'm assuming just 2.0. Yeah, well, because I seem to recall... I don't know if this was the case with all, all of these DVDs specifically, but there was definitely a point in time where not only did they do a 5.1 mix, but they added a bunch of extra sound effects and stuff, which people were not fans of. And mm. I, I think, like... I think I might have mentioned in an episode, like, one of the Hasbro Pulse episodes is that version, for whatever yes. reason. Um, but, yeah, most of them were kind of, they stuck with the original stuff. So, what's in bonus material? This is arguably why we're primarily here today. So, we have got character profiles, DVD-ROM content, fan art gallery, footage from Auto Assembly 2004, and a quiz. Should we start off with some character profiles, Andy? Yeah, let's see, let's see who we've got in here. So, Rodimus Prime. I might as well read this out for the purpose of the, of the primarily of our audio-only listeners as well, but let's see if this description, Andy, matches what Rodimus actually was in Season 3. Charged with the impossible task of replacing a legend, Rodimus must do the best he can to lead the Autobots. Overcome with feelings of inadequacy in the face of his task, Rodimus is also weighed down with guilt at the thought that Optimus Prime died because of something he did as Hot Rod. Rodimus is indeed a tragic figure. Why, uh, sorry, who, no matter what he does, will always come off as second best to his predecessor. Accurate. Yeah. <laughs> also pretty harsh. It's not like, uh, oh, he, he perceives himself as second best. Like, no, he's not as good as Optimus Prime. Sorry. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, then. Who's next? Say, surely Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus is a soldier and a darned good one, but he's uncomfortable giving orders. It's a weakness that he doesn't seem to make... Sorry, it's a weakness that doesn't seem to make sense, for he commands such authority in battle and judgment is always sound. Nevertheless, when command is thrust upon him, he always performs his duties impeccably and acts every inch the natural leader. He is an, he is an uncomplicated kind of hero and will give his life to save a comrade in an instant. Yeah, I, th I think that's fairly accurate, but it's quite an interesting description and the way they've articulated that. I do like that. Yeah, yeah. It also sort of makes me think about how, like, beyond an episode or two, you don't really get all that much Ultra Magnus. Like, you, you kind of look at how deep they dig into kind of Optimus, Optimus Prime, into Rodimus Prime's psyche, and Ultra Magnus is just kind of there for the most part. Hmm. I think the most we kind of get to see him take the lead is, in one case, in the Killing Jar episode. Mm, yeah, yeah, that is one of the few episodes where he really kind of gets, you know, top billing. Yeah, and then in terms of delving into his backstory, it's when they're trying to figure out when his birthday is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So next up, Cup. If ever the term veteran could be applied to any Autobot, it's never suited anyone more than Cup. With millions of years worth of experience and tens of thousands of war stories, Cup has a piece of advice to suit every situation, and he'll always give it whether he whether it has been requested or not. Yeah, also accurate. Very accurate. RC. Don't let her slim, slender frame deceive you. Although RC may have a heart of gold, she packs a mighty punch to any Decepticon who underestimates her, which is all too frequently. 
RC is very close to Daniel Witwicky, the son of Spike, who she treats like a little brother. She also had a love-hate relationship with Hot Rod before he was transformed by the Matrix into Rodimus Prime. That's a that's an interesting detail. I don't think he's really expanded upon too much in the show in hindsight. Yeah, I, I think calling it a love-hate relationship is a little bit OTT. I mean, it, that's effectively based off of that like one or two moments in the film where she's kind of gets a bit fed up of his impetuousness. She's not <laughs> quite a love-hate relationship. That's more just, you're slightly annoying. Please stop. Who's next, then? Galvatron. Imagine if Megatron were more powerful and completely insane. That's Galvatron. Transformed into a being of unrivaled power by Unicron, Galvatron believes he is unstoppable and he might be right. Arrogant to the extreme, he considers no being his equal, and only fellow forged in the fires of Unicron beings, Scourge and Cyclonus, worthy of his time. I mean, I don't think he thinks Scourge and Cyclonus are worthy of his time either, to be fair. I mean, how yeah. many times does he slap one or both of those over the Yeah, course th- that's of partly why I paused as I was reading that. I was like, wait, that's not right. But I, I thought, no, I need to finish this before I say anything. Uh, yeah, I mean... It's an interesting phrase, like, forged in the fires of Unicron. I get what they mean, but in the context of how it actually happened, really no. Yeah, (laughs) it sounds good, though. That's all that matters. Scourge. Scourge is the tracker, the hunter. He leads the legendary Decepticon fleet known as the Sweeps, a pack of wolves who specialize in stalking their prey. Working more as a bounty hunter than a Decepticon, Scourge pursues his prey purely for the thrill rather than any reward. His only real weakness is his overconfidence, but then he has a lot to be confident about. Is that the same Scourge we saw in the series? I mean, he is pretty confident, but yeah, he's also not particularly good a lot of the time. Also, I mean, you never really see him being particularly kind of um you know he doesn't really do the bounty hunter thing very much uh, there's a little bit of you know work, serve it working in his own best interest but i wouldn't necessarily peg him with that and not not any more than any other decepticon anyway yeah i mean yeah because there really isn't of the character profile so far that's the one that makes me go hmm is this not someone else to a degree but that said if I read this character profile having not seen the series and much of what Scourge does, I'm really into that as a character profile. It makes him sound really badass. Yeah, and it isn't not him. It's just that, yeah, he also... I mean, he suffers from the typical being in the Transformers cartoon thing where suddenly they decide, ah, no, we we like other characters more, so we're going to make you the, the butt of the jokes, effectively. Mm. Also, legendary Decepticon fleet known as the Sweeps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that not, not not to be confused with Sweep from City, the cartoon, the, <laughs> the puppet, the puppet show. If on your Transformers bingo card you had a reference to Sooty Sweep and Sue being mentioned, there you go. Again, the 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 internet being what it is, somebody has probably already made that joke in in image form, and I'm I'm here to see it. <laughs> Finally, Cyclonus. As far as personality goes. Cyclonus has none. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Straight for the jugular. Forged in the fires of Unicron to be the model engineered soldier, Cyclonus was created for one purpose and one purpose alone to kill Autobots. No surprise then that he's extremely good at it. 
His absence of personality is only matched by his absence of any weakness. Just really digging on the lack of personality thing. Like, did we mention these? Also, I mean, again, that doesn't really mesh with like the G one cartoon because like he has a fair bit of personality. Like his personality is getting things done, mm. but I mean, he, he has more. Why does Ultra Magnus's profile not start? <laughs> like as far as personality goes, Ultra Magnus <laughs> has none because that's like the more canonical thing. I would say. I mean, yeah, I've well. got to say, like. Cyclones has got personality. There were some cracking one-liners from him, if I remember correctly. And also, yeah. some of the stuff he had to deal with, there was always that element of, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's kind of practically like Galvatron's dad for like half of the series of just like, <laughs> come on, come with me. You can't, you can't have ice cream. Yeah, so, so, so yes, yeah, some... Overall, I think they're good character personalities. I actually think the Scourge one of all of them is my favourite, because it actually adds more to the character overall. But I do think the Cyclonus one is pretty unfair. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, well, I, I do really like all these illustrations. They they all look like very cool versions of those characters. Even if Cyclonus looks like he's bought a version of his, himself that is like two sizes too small, and he's just like, <laughs> ah, I bought the wrong size top again. His armor shrunk in the wash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is why I don't let Galvatron use the washing machine. <laughs> so, so that's the character profiles then. So, what we'll do, Andy? How about we go on to the quiz next? Yeah, let's let's do the quiz. Let's embark on the quiz now. I, I don't know how many questions there are. I don't remember how many there were in the previous ones. I want to say at least ten, maybe fifteen. Yeah, it was it was something like that. Let's see if this quiz also actually tells you if you've got the right answer or not. So I seem to recall at least one of these was just like, ah, we've probably got it right. I don't know. <laughs> so, oh, the menu. Oh, there you go. Sorry. Just the menu restarting. So, yeah. quiz. Welcome to the Transformers Season 3 and 4 quiz. Are you ready to test your knowledge? I mean, there's no no button, so I guess, I guess we're going to have to. <laughs> Start. Start. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Question one. In Transformers the movie, Ultra Magnus is voiced by Robert Stack. In which TV cop show did Robert Stack star? Was it one, Hill Street Blues, two, Starsky and Hutch, or three, The Untouchables? I mean, unless I'm mistaken, The Untouchables is not a TV show or a cop show, but maybe I'm thinking <laughs> of a different Untouchables. I I don't know. I, I have no idea. I've not watched either of these. I, this would also explain, because I remember this being like a big deal when the film came out. I was like, oh, it's Robert Stack. And I'm like, who? Like, you know, I recognised a lot of the other names on the cast list, but I had no idea who Robert Stack was. I don't know. Starsky and Hutch seems too big, but maybe, I mean, I don't know, like Leonard Nimoy, Orson Welles, etc. So maybe, maybe it is that. My, my my gut feeling is that it might be Hell Street Blues, but then maybe that's not big enough. Yeah, the only one I'm actually aware of in terms of being a TV show, honestly, is Starsky and Hutch. But I'll defer to whichever one you want to go to, because I literally have no idea. Yeah, I know. I, let's, I feel like Hill Street Blues was like more of an 80s thing, and Starsky and Hatch was 70s, so maybe if that was like the hot ticket at the time, maybe Hill Street Blues. I'm probably overthinking this now, but let's say Hill Street Blues. Right, so Hill Street Blues? Doesn't and tell again. us if it's right. Okay, just, fine. Let's just assume <laughs> that was right. <laughs> Question two. In Marvel UK's Transformers issue 100... Which injured Autobot does Optimus does Optimus Prime, excuse me, tell his story to? Was it Outback, Swerve, or Rollbar? It was Outback. 
some very cool artwork in issue 100 and they had a big like um kind of like um spread cover across the front and back that was really awesome Mm. question three what year marks the 20th anniversary of transformers in the uk 2003 four or five in the uk see this is where it's tricky because in the uk like does that then make it 2004 because I feel like they launched in the US in 84 but I don't know if they came to the UK at the same time or whether that was like into 85 by that point Mm. I I must have been like about 5 or kind of 5 going on 6 when I had my first Transformer but that doesn't mean that's when they debuted yeah and I guess from the perspective of this question what are they considering the debut because it could yeah. be, is it toy, comic, cartoon? Like the, yeah. In terms of the context of the question, it yeah. is incredibly broad, but one would assume it's which whichever element of the franchise landed first. Yeah, and I would assume it was the toys first. I, I mean, I, I still suspect it's maybe 2004, but I would not be surprised if it's 2005, just because of the usual gaps to these things happening. Which one do you want to go with, then? Let, let's say four and see what happens. Question four. Frank Welker, who voiced Megatron and Soundwave, played one of the characters in Disney's Aladdin. (laughs) Who was it? Was it Iago, Abu, or Carpet? God, I don't know. I just want to say Carpet just because it's a really funny answer. Now, Iago was the bird who was voiced by... Oh, Who's, um... Who, oh, there's a well, there's a well-known comedian whose name has escaped me that that, uh, that passed away earlier this year. I cannot remember his name off the top of my head. Okay. Was like on the Howard Stern show. Was like one of the other backup people. His like cameos I seem to recall people would share because oh, is it Norm, Norm Macdonald or is it no, not him, another one. Oh, the voice. The, the, I might have to quickly search for this and just hit pause for a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> hang on, bear with me because this is gonna annoy me otherwise. I feel like we should have been looking up these answers as we went anyway, because it seems like the actual disc is not going to tell us. So, uh, Right, Iago... Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Like he was, yes, he was indeed Iago. In, in yeah, but, and Carpet is a carpet and doesn't have any lines. So on that basis, I'm going to go with Abu. I mean, d- does the carpet not talk in Aladdin? Like, it's a it's a magic carpet. Maybe it does. I have no idea. Abu it's... seems like the more sensible choice here, but... We're spending far too long on this question, but I don't care. Yeah. This is funny. Um, oh. But yeah, the, the carpet doesn't have any dialogue because it, 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 it articulates through gesture what it's trying to say, and the genie interp- interprets a lot of what's being said. Yeah, I, it's, it's been a long time since I watched that. So let, let's say let's say Abu, because uh, what, what you've been doing this, I've also been checking up all the other questions we got wrong uh robert sackett was the untouchables because apparently that is also a tv series oh okay so we're doing good so far that's what i'm hearing (laughs) so so yeah yeah so we got that one wrong is that the only one we got wrong or Uh, what yeah who 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 knows um i mean the the other the the outback one i'm I'm uncomfortable about oh so yeah the marvel uk comic launched in september 84 so 2004 was right for the uk launch because yeah all of that stuff was yeah 1984 Okay. 
Well, you know what? I'm going to go with Abu, but for the purposes of trying to make sure we get this completely right, let's just make sure so we can figure out at the end of the quiz what you get if you actually get all of this right. Yeah, so. that, is, that is fair. <laughs> I never thought I'd be searching into Google Abu Aladdin. Um, <laughs> Frank Welker was the voice. There we go. We, we managed go, that by, by kind of uh, it, re- removing the other guesses. We made it in the end. <laughs> Episode 5, question 5. I'm too used to doing the show now. Uh, in the episode Masquerade, Optimus Prime and the Autobots pre- pretended to be what group of Decepticons? The Constructicons, the Combaticons, or the Stunticons? Now, first of all, this was not a Season 3 episode. <laughs> no, I, I feel like we had this before, didn't we? Where like these quizzes don't necessarily pertain to the, mm. the episodes that were on those discs. I'm going to say the Stunticons, because I seem to recall Prime being Motormaster. Yeah, yeah, and I seem to recall them just having a good time of being like, oh, this is actually pretty awesome, we get to do stunts <laughs> and stuff. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the Stunticons. And they used that weird spray to like change their appearance, didn't they? Yeah, which they then never used again, and really because <laughs> it didn't quite handy. Right. So, uh, right, so Stunticons it is. Question six. Which famous person does Transformers comic artist Lee Sullivan base the face of Galvatron? Is it Robert De Niro, Jack Nicholson, or Ray Liotta? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's Jack Nicholson, but I could be wrong. And he also has the most... Uh, he, he legit has the most Galvatron face in my, in my, uh, in my estimation. Want to go with Jack Nicholson then? Yeah, I think Jack Nicholson. Okay then. Question seven. Corey Burton provides the voice for which Decepticon? Shockwave, Cyclonus, or Scourge? Goodness. I, I, I will say I've just looked it up. We did get the last question right. It was Jack Nicholson. So There we go. So that. by process of elimination, Cyclonus's voice actor, we found out during one of our TF Wiki dives into one of the, the, the latter episodes of season three, I think it was, that Cyclonus's voice actor had passed away. Because the voice changed a little bit in like in the last episode or two, I seem to recall. Yes, yeah, that sounds right. I don't recall saying the name Corey Burton. Yeah, yeah, that's. And I have, but I, I just don't know who the voice actors were for Shockwave or Scourge. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Hmm, that, that is very much a. I mean, I, I do, I feel like he was around for the entire run, which I mean could mean he voiced other characters. I tend to think it might be Shockwave because I, I, I feel like that is definitely a name that's been on the cast list since season one. And given that these guys are season two and three. I'm just going to hedge my bets that it might okay, be Okay, well, I, I have looked up the answer very quickly on my phone, so I will let you decide what you think the answer is, and I will tell you what the answer is. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess it was Shockwave. Correct. I mean, it, it, I feel like this could also be one of those trick questions, but it's like, haha, it was all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Who directed Transformers the movie? Jay Bacall, Tom Griffin, or Nelson Shin? Uh, Nelson Shin is director, I believe. You sure? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because Nelson Shin is kind of the head. Like Bacall is like executive producer. I don't know who Tom Griffin is, um, so I'm going to say Nelson Shin. Hmm. Okay, so Nelson Shin. 
Question nine. Which Marvel superhero guest starred in the first first Transformers comic story? Was it the Hulk, Spider-Man, or Iceman? That's easy. That was Spider-Man. So, fun fact for you. I've been, like, deep diving recently into, like, just a lot of comic reading, just in general, like, in some of my spare time. And I was watching a video, like, so, like, I was either a a podcast or a mini-documentary, and they were talking about, sort of, the evolution of Marvel Comics and such, and they actually showed a cover of the Transformers with Spider-Man on it, because they were talking about how they had mainline Marvel characters guest on other comics to help kind of try and boost the first issue sales and they literally showed the Spider-Man cover so ironically for once I actually knew an answer to one of these questions. <laughs> there we go, yes yeah, like I, I sort of re- remember that being even as a kid I, I, I feel like I knew very much like oh this is like this is this is what they call cross promotion of just like I, I know why Spider-Man is in this comic and it's not just <laughs> because he's in the same universe as the Transformers I feel like he came back at at some point i feel like there's some like later episode where he like crops up for a bit as well that they just did as a like fun throwback but i could be misremembering so spider-man question 10 which of these decepticons so okay right this is a question to phrase which of these decepticons has never been decepticon leader ratbat bludgeon or rumble are we talking in just like any continuity or um right hang on. when was this dvd released this dvd uh the copyright on this is 2009 but based on the fact it's got autobot assembly footage from 2004 i would assume assume this dvd was first released probably around the 2005 and 6 mark so probably based up to then i would say mm. but it's, it's more a question of like i assume this is including like comics etc because ratbat's never been leader in like the g1 cartoon but he is in the comics uh for mm. a point i feel like did i imagine there was a hot minute where rumble was in charge of something <laughs> or did i just completely I think there was a point where he said he wanted to be in charge and everyone was just like, shut up, your rumble. I mean, that there was the, be... probably the element of he wanted to be and we wanted him to be. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. I feel like rumble might be the answer because I think if, if... I'm pretty sure Bludgeon has been in comic continuity as well. Ratbat definitely has been because um, Ratbat is awesome. Um, but I feel like rumble... Rumble argued that he should be for a. Well, no, he was arguing for Sandwave in Transformers the movie. But I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was some throwaway point in an episode that we watched where we would just like remember that bit where Rumble said he wanted to be in charge, um, mm. and it didn't happen. I think Rumble is the answer. So I'm going to quickly Google: Has Rumble ever been Decepticon leader? Yeah, and then you'll probably find some fan fiction from somebody who's a really massive fan of Rumble, where he becomes Decepticon leader. So, first thing that comes up is from the TF Wiki, which opens up with the line of, When Megatron returned to depose Bludgeon and retake leadership, Rumble and Frenzy immediately fell into place at his side. There you go. So, well, um, that, that confirms that Bludgeon was leader then. Exactly, apparently. yeah. And Ratbat definitely was. Um, yep. So, Rumble, I guess, is, is it? Rumble. Question 11. In the Transformers comic... Who was Fortress Maximus's original human counterpart? Spike, Arcana, or Galen? I mean, Spike is the only actual human there, so I'm not sure if this is a trick question, because I feel like <laughs> Galen is the actual answer. Okay, because obviously it specifically says in the comic, 
And from what we saw in the rebirth, it was Spike. Yes, yeah, because I'm pretty sure that is like one of the things that diverges quite massively from the the comics. Because um, I'm I'm sure it's it's Gallon. I'm going to look this one up for you. <laughs> if I if I could type Gallon's name right. See, it's interesting though because we had this before when it came to some of the wording. In fact, even just a couple of questions ago, of like the phrasing of the question is key. And if what you said is like original human counterpart, then there might actually be a slight issue with the phrasing here. Yeah, yeah, because it's like Galen is another like Nebulos guy, um, mm. which is is is, is a thing. And... Someone got like a wiki page of like Fortress Maximus's counterparts. <laughs> yeah, because it, it sounds like yeah, I, I yeah. So I think this is what happened in the comics is that Galen was the original. So this this is where this is where it's it's like I'm not sure whether they're specifically wording it this way because Galen became binary bonded to Fortress Maximus dies and then spike takes it over so you could argue technically original human counterpart is spike because okay. galen is interest, not human out of interest in the context of the comics i literally have no idea who is galen in relation to like the autobots and whatnot so he's one of the the um like nebulos guys so, so ne- nebulos is like you know he, he's effectively like lord zarax you know mortal enemy Mm. Um, so he's he's kind of like the leader of the good guys um, amongst the Nebulans, um, who I don't think turns up at all in the Rebirth cartoon. He's just like a comic original thing. So mm. he thus becomes kind of whilst Zarak is Scorponok's head, he becomes Fortress Maximus's head. Um, but then yeah, Spike takes it over at some point. Yeah, fair dues. So with that in mind, then. Whether that has any bearing on it or not, ultimately it doesn't matter. But with that in mind, what are you leaning towards? I mean, if 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 they're not if if they're they're getting fresh with us with the, using the word human to try and throw people, it should be Spike because he is the human counterpart. Let's go with Spike then. Question twelve: Which Dinobot is a Stegosaurus? Snarl, Slag, or Sludge? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, Sludge is a Brontosaurus. Um, Slag, or Slug as he's uh, known, is a Triceratops, and Snarl is the Stegosaurus. Yeah, that checks out. It sounds weird. I just had that moment of. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that moment of like childhood me would be ashamed that I'm like, which one's the Stegosaurus again? I forget. But yeah, childhood me is recovered to be like it's Snarl. So Snarl it is. Question 13. Which Autobot's motto is, quote-unquote, I never met a Decepticon I didn't dislike? I mean, that is the most, like, generic motto that an Autobot could possibly have. Like, I don't like Decepticons. Like, thanks. That's really... That's really uh, specific. Um, Was it Trax, Prowl, or Blue Streak? I don't think it's Prowl, because he would be like something something the law um so it's probably either tracks or blue streak i'm leaning towards blue streak because it feels like an auto one of those auto bop episode lines like when he met the um the human guy that repaired him whose name escapes me that we saw for like two episodes yeah yeah i don't know i mean kind of I, I feel like tracks or Blue Streak could definitely be like could definitely say this, and you'd just be like, "Yeah, okay, that that tra- that tracks." If, if oh, that. actually, I might be thinking tracks. Who was? Yeah, tra- tracks. Tracks was, one... was the one that hang out with what's his name, Rodrigo, or whatever he was called. Mm. Um, 
the, the guy who was good for like the couple of episodes. The guy who could in. dance. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was Soundwave. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sorry, it was Tracks. I was thinking of not Blue Streak. So yeah, I'm yeah. inclined to go with Tracks. Okay. Well, let, let's let's look this up. Um, okay. It, it maybe is. It maybe is Blue Streak. As it oh, okay. Let, let's have a, let, let's have a look. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll say that we we say we said Tracks because I I thought it was Tracks as well. But, yeah. Uh, so our, our answer is Tracks, but we will yeah. uh, we'll confirm but, before but, we proceed on this. Yeah. But it was actually Blue Streak. Apparently, yeah. I'll say I never met a Septicon I didn't like. Blue Streak often talks incessantly and inanely. Um, oh, the, 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 my gut reaction, I'm proud of it then. There you go. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right, Blue Streak it is. Question 14. Stepper is a black repaint of which Autobot toy? Jazz, Sideswipe, or Sunstreaker? God, that is, that, that's, that's a deep cut question. Um, I was going to say Stepper. I've never even heard of Stepper. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's yeah, just gonna be that's probably not even an official like G one Hasbro toy. Maybe it is, and I'm not aware. Um, I mean, okay, so little bit of clarification here. Apparently, Stepper is also known as Ricochet. Okay, that that, that doesn't particularly help. Good to know. <laughs> I I mean, I I'm tempted. To, the, the thing here is like side sw- side swipe and sunstreaker are both repaints of one another anyway. Mm. So I don't know if that means that it it must be jazz because otherwise that's a really confusing question because that would mean two answers are potentially correct. Mm. Um, so to, to read this from the TF wiki in case this helps you at all because you're probably going to be more familiar with this character than I am. Uh, the job of Ricochet, aka Stepper. Is a rapid fire uh, is a is rapid fire attack, and he's well suited to it. He's the most accurate marksman the Autobots have, and a target master as well. Further augmenting his incredible skill. So, does the fact it's one of the target masters help you at all? No, I mean I'm I don't remember this ever being like an official official Hasbro thing. Um, yeah, I'm good. Ge- I'm gonna guess Jazz just by exception of the fact that Sideswipe and Sunstreaker are already repaints of one another. <laughs> well, for the for the benefit of uh, of hopefully if this shows up on camera well for the video version, if I just change the screen layout quickly, uh, this is the picture that's come up on my phone. Oh, there we go. That's actually pretty cool. I, I like Stepper already. I want I want a Stepper toy now. Um, and I didn't even know he existed till like five minutes ago. <laughs> that's that's a really good recolor. That's, that's a, like there it. we go. So yeah. So the answer with that in mind, everybody, is jazz. There you go. So I, I, I managed to get the right answer from like completely the wrong angle of like, well, the others are already <laughs> repaints of each other, so Question fifteen. According to the cartoon continuity who rebuilt Bumblebee into Goldbug? Ratchet, Aquintason, or Rekgar? If memory serves, it was Aquintason, on the basis that Ratchet's dead. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's definitely not Ratchet, because <laughs> he, is, he is no longer with us. Um, and, yeah. Rek- and in uh, Return of Optimus Prime, Rekgar was currently a literal red zombie at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to. I'm, because I'm trying I think. To... Let, let's try. Hang on. Let's recap what happened. Because Optimus Prime was like the only Autobot left, and a Quintesson helped bring them back. But a bunch of other Autobots had got damaged, like in battle, yeah. and were just kind of lying there, looking dead. 
And I just yeah. remember that thing of Bumblebee going, hey, I'm a gold bug. That's the problem. That's literally the only thing I can remember is being incredibly annoyed about that. And I can't remember <laughs> the rest. I'm pretty sure you're right. It's a Quintesson, though, because, yeah, like, Retgar was being a pepper and Ratchet was dead. <laughs> um, so we'll go with Quintesson. Oh, I didn't like that. Let's try again. There we go. Question 17. What object crashed into the London-based offices where the UK Transformers comic was created? A scaffold, a crane, or a billboard? I mean, this is a very specific... This this feels like somebody who just had a bad day at Marvel Comics and is just like, I need to... Somebody needs to know. I mean, a, scaff- a scaffold or a crane makes more sense. A billboard, like, I don't really know how that would work. I mean, a crane probably makes the most sense and is the most interesting answer. I mean, my first... So, this is... I'm going purely by phrasing here. A billboard is a very American phrase. So I'm going to assume with that in mind it wasn't that. Yeah, but then it might just have been written by an American. All for an American market where they didn't want to call it an advertising hoardings. Mm. I mean, in terms of trying to Google that as a question, like how do you how do you Google the answer for that? Yeah, this is, this is yeah. We we may never know the answer to this. <laughs> so yeah, I I have no idea. But a crane sounds cool because the others sound kind of boring and just annoying. So let's 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 say that. Let's pretend it was one of the constructor cons or something. All right, so we'll go with crane them. Question eighteen. Which one of these Transformers was not a member of the Wreckers? Springer, Topspin, or Hot Rod? Have you read any of the Wreckers comic stuff? I've, I've not, admittedly, not. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Well, I, this is easy. This is Hot Rod. Um, oh, okay. S- Springer is, is one of the Wreckers, as is Topspin. Um, and yeah, Hot, Hot Rod is not, because he'd be terrible at that. So, <laughs> Simple, quick answer. <laughs> Question 19. On which early morning TV show were the Transformers cartoons shown? Wackaday, Going Live, or Number 73? I mean, I remember right at this one of perhaps the first episode of this podcast, I referenced Timmy Mallet um, Mm -hmm. because that was like my childhood memories of watching Wackaday. And yeah, the, 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 Transformers was a, a big a big part of that. So, yeah. so whereas yeah. for me, whereas for me, for me growing up, it was like going live and then live and kicking were big parts of mine. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, number seventy three feels like a deep cut. I didn't think anyone else remembered that, but that was that was a big like kids TV thing that didn't probably didn't last very long. But uh, but yeah, Wh- Whack a Day is the answer. I have no recollection of what number seventy three is. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, all I remember is the theme tune because it was kind of catchy. I don't really remember anything else about it. Question 20. On the basis this might be the last question, and now question 20. Which one of these toys is the taller? <laughs> Defensor, Scorponok, or Metroplex? Holy crap. So, I mean, I, I had Defensor and I had Metroplex, and now I'm trying to like remember in my mind's eye which one of those two was taller. I mean, I, sus- I feel like... See, uh... Part of me feels like Scorponok would be taller, but like Defensor is a combiner, so you've got like, you know, several toys stacked up. But they were never quite as big as you thought they would be. So uh, I feel like even Metroplex probably a little bit bigger than Defensor and 
Scorponok has got big scorpion bits. So mm. I think Scorponok is probably the tallest of the three. Again, we will probably never know the answer to this one, so I'm not sure that's easy to Google <laughs> either. But I'm going to guess it's Scorponok. Our final score is 17. Okay. The matrix of leadership is within our reach. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> and, and, and what does that mean in the context of this? Because I've got no other option to move the cursor. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Well, because we fail, because we haven't got all 20, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's it. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I know we got the Robert Stack one wrong. Um... Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Then. On the basis that I want to see if there's like an Easter egg or something, if we get a certain amount right. Because yeah. there was the way we did it on the previous one. So let's quickly go through these again and let's just try and make sure we hit all the, the, the right ones that we know we got wrong. So yes. so that was the Untouchables. So question one was the Untouchables. Question that was two. Outback. Which one, sorry? That was Outback. So Outback. That was 2004, was correct with that mm -hmm. one. Uh, we went Abu, Abu with yeah. that one. Uh, that episode Masquerade. Stuntacons. You said Jack Nicholson. That is Jack Nicholson, yeah. Then we that said Shockwave. Shock, yeah, Shockwave. Yeah. Nelson Shin. Shin. Spider-Man. Rumble. Yeah, Rumble. Uh, who that, do we go for in this one in the end? We went with Spike because human mm. came to part. That was Snarl. Oh, it was. Uh, that was Blue Streak. That was Jazz. Mm -hmm. The really cool-looking Jazz. The very cool <laughs> Jazz. Uh, Quintesson... Oh, try All right, that was weird. The second time I did it on that question. <laughs> yeah, I wonder whether that's broken. Yeah, uh, so that we have no idea. We guessed a crane, so I guess. Uh, uh, not a wrecker was, was hot rod, whackaday, and, and we said scorpion. We So we got eighteen. We got, so we got one more right. <laughs> yeah. So so that was. So it's potentially likely then the crane answer. I could yeah. be wrong for all we know. We just have no idea. Yeah, and probably the tallest Decepticon one, the tallest yeah. toy one, was probably the other okay. one. Okay. Well, uh, well, I will tell you something then, because I, I don't know if it's the actual Easter egg, but I've got a feeling it probably is. So, when I was prepping this, I, uh, for want of a better way of phrasing this, everybody, I, I, I dove, I dove, um, I dove deep into the back end, as it were, of what was on this DVD. If you were, I had to, I had to look through it on the computer. And hidden away on this disc, despite the fact this is part of the season three and four DVD box set, is the episode Dark Awakening. Okay, but I mean... So, what that then means is when you look at the episode listings on this particular disc, you get The Burden is Hardest to Bear, The Return of Optimus Prime 2-Parter, The Rebirth, and hidden away on it, Dark Awakening. That's not bad for a season three disc on its own. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, again, this just sells you even more on the idea that, yeah, what you really need is this disc. So, yeah, so don't know if that is the Easter egg. I'm going to assume it is. So, um, so yeah, spoiler, but that's what it is by the look of it. That, that would make sense. So I guess before we begin to wrap up this episode proper, Andy, there was something else, I'll say fun in inverted commas, I wanted to bring up because it does involve you. But uh, we both got reached out to on Twitter by uh, by by Twitter username ZakuFan0079, clearly a Gundam fan, by the name of Grant Ford W, 
who shared with us something from the from a Transformers Moments Twitter account, which was a, a contest, basically. It was to sort of just read this out loud. Many G1 toys were famously not available in the UK, and in an in attempt to compensate, the UK comic ran a contest to yet luck to, to let young readers, excuse me, win a trip to con in 1988. Now, what I'm going to do, partly not to give Andy more trauma than it's worth, because you're about to hear about, but <laughs> so here is the image in question that, that was shared with us. And that is the details of the competition. And, uh, and Andy, I believe you have a story about this competition, don't you? I mean, the story is really that I entered it and didn't win it. So I'm sort of, <laughs> I'm sort of very bitter about. Because, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, as somebody who religiously read the comics, they, they off, quite often did contests. Um, and I must have entered, like, two or three. But this definitely, like, I had strong flashbacks of, you know, grabbing the nearest postcard. Um and, and, you know, scribbling the answers and sending it off in the hope that I would win a trip to con. And I did not win a trip to con. Um, I also saw, like, in the res responses to the tweet for this, people pointed out that this could arguably also be called a trick question because, you know, you have to name the three Transformers. First one is easy because it's Blaster. Second one is easy because it's Fortress Maximus. The third one is kind of almost a cheat because that is Dive Bomb's face. But there is a whole um, arc in the comics about Swoop and Dive Bomb have this massive rivalry because Dive Bomb, Dive Bomb stole the name Dive Bomb. Swoop was originally named named Dive Bomb on Cybertron. Dive Bomb stole that name, and Swoop remains pretty knocked off about that and so there's this whole kind of episode plus or issue plus i think it runs on quite a, a little while between the two of them because like it's basically like you stole my name um which is a pretty cool little thing within transformers but also it's like well technically is he called dive bomb because swoop would argue otherwise i did not know that was a storyline plot that's quite fascinating yeah, everything is a is a story in the Transformers comics at some point, I think, because there's so many of them. So I suppose the question then is, Andy, do you remember which one you put the answer down as? I I put dive bomb because clearly that's what they were that's that's what they were aiming for. But I don't I don't think they ever actually name like what dive bomb was originally called before he decided to take that name. Maybe he didn't have a name at all and just decided that's my name. And I guess it's not like here where like you know. You wouldn't get super upset if someone else is called Jeremy, um, but I guess on Cybertron, if someone else is, shares your name, it's you know that, that ain't no good. I'm also just I'm looking at a bit more in detail for context, Andy. This competition closed on Friday, the seventh of October, nineteen eighty-eight. Yep, yep, it did. That <laughs> makes me feel very old as well. <laughs> but yeah, so that that was like. Eight-year-old me hoping that I would get a trip to con, uh, which I, like I don't think I'd even really clocked at the time the part where they were just like, oh yeah, they're not generally available in shops. Um, it was more just like that's a big transformer. I want it. I have a postcard here. My my mum can get me a stamp. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to bring that up just because we've not had it. We've not sort of touched on that before, as it were. So sort of something like that was a 
was a good bit of fun. And I assume that was just printed in the back of a comic, was it? Yeah, yeah, that was just one of their pages. It was probably like part of their um, like letters pages. That usually was where these things often uh, often turned up. You had like Grimgrams because they always had like a transformer, a specific transformer that answered the reader's letters. Like I think Soundwave was the first one. Then they had Grimlock do it for a while. Um, they had Dreadwing do it at some point. Um, and you know they used to do it somewhat in somewhat in character. Like so, it was like slightly stupid when Grimlock did it, but they didn't go too deep into that. Um, but yeah, they, they had they had fun with those comics, I guess. Well, there we go, and I think on that note, everybody, we are going to bring this episode to a close. So, in terms of what is next, everybody, the way this is going to work is we are going to dabble into the Japanese continuity at the very least a little bit. I'm not going to commit to the whole thing here, because I'm not going to speak for Andy on this, quite frankly. But uh, what we're going to do, we're going to take some weeks off, because professionally, October is a busy month. With Andy's profession, I've got lots of other work bits coming up as well. So October is going to be a busy month, and we want to make sure we can, quote-unquote, enjoy preparing to watch Headmasters, because I don't know what Andy's going to think of it. And plus, there's technically sub and dub versions, if we really want to go that far. But so what we're going to say is this. Come early November, we are going to endeavour to do at least another podcast or two where we'll cover some episodes of the Japanese Headmasters continuity. And then we'll see where we go from there. If at all, we may just sort of say, until next time, whenever we return. Who knows? We, We really don't know, to be quite honest. We've had some other ideas in the past of maybe other things we could try. Maybe, like, there's some Transformers games that might be fun to try and check out if we can get the technology to work between the both of us. We've had some other thoughts and and such. Obviously, there was the question we touched on the podcast about covering Beast Wars and such. It's not something we've really thought about, and like I said, in terms of being able to access the episodes, it's not as readily available for us, because, like I say, I've got the Headmasters DVDs, so we can share those between us and make this work. But in terms of what else there is, Andy, we'll just wait and see. Who knows, quite frankly. But at the moment, that's what's next on the docket, is going to be the first few episodes of the Headmasters, and we'll go from there as or if needed. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. And I mean, as, as, as somebody who as a kid was a sucker for the Headmasters to- toys, I was always kind of curious to check out. Like, I think I've seen an episode or two of that, um, but never kind of delved too deep into it. Um, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll give it a look and, and see how it goes. Indeed, but yeah, so like I say, folks, probably don't expect another episode of the podcast to appear in your feeds before November, but that's just to give you a timeline. I appreciate this episode in and of itself was a bit delayed. That was partly because things came up in my life. Like, I lost my voice for about a week. That was fun, but I've got it now. That's why we managed to deliver this now. But I hope you've enjoyed this more unique episode of the podcast, as it were. Like I say, if you checked out the audio-only version, this has been a trimmed-down version of it. So we encourage you to head over to the YouTube channel, search for Starscream's Ghost Podcast on YouTube, and you'll find the channel just fine, to be able to watch the full episode in all its glory. And if you've checked out the video version, you're watching this right now, thank you very much for doing so, and hope you enjoyed it. Before we wrap up this episode of the podcast, Andy, anything else you would like to throw out into the ether? No, no, I, I think that's uh, pretty much everything. I guess the, the one thing I'll finally mention, like, given that auto-assembly footage we, we saw is, like, we, we saw Andrew Wildman on there, who was the guy who created the uh, Royal Mile stamps that were released recently. He was the artist on those, so... That, do you know what? Before we go, let's quickly find a picture of those, because I think it'd be fun to actually show those. Let me just find them quickly. 
because they are pretty damn cool. And I, yeah. admittedly, I for, totally forgot to order any either. Yeah, like likewise here, I was kind of tempted, and then you know other other things came up, and I, I didn't get to get around to them. But it's definitely one of those things where it's like you know, even my parents were like texting me, like, "Do you know they're making Transformers stamps?" And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> I have been told." That's when you know things get properly into the ether when like your parents highlight those yeah. kind of things. Hundred percent. There we go. So there we go. This is from the Royal Mail website, as it were. Transformers official. Oh, that, that's the Royal website. Royal Mail website being weird, but look at those people. They're a bit blurry there, but they look really cool. Yeah, yeah, those are really cool. Because the, the cynic in me, when I heard they were making Transformers stamps, would be like, oh, they just they probably won't be, they won't look very good, or they'll be really boring. But yeah, like it's really good artwork. Uh, that, that this, they've is, this is looking this. really good, Royal Mail website. Like, can you actually just? If you're listening to the audio-only version, currently there's just lots of spinning wheels of doom, not actually showing what they look like. But yeah. I've got at least one image there. But yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, Andy. Please continue. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I expected that they, they might just be kind of like quick and dirty, kind of, you know, uh, we just here's some artwork you've seen before. But it's very cool that they've commissioned proper new artwork for it, and it, it all looks really, really pretty awesome. Yeah, so we've got the traditional Megatron Optimus Prime. We've got Bumblebee and Starscream. It's a bit blurry, but I'm guessing Grimlock and Shockwave? Yeah, yeah it is Grimlock, Grimlock, yeah. And also, kind of an uh, an interesting battle I actually really want to see now. I want to see RC and Soundwave. Yeah, yeah, RC and Soundwave with, with Laserbeak as well, just poking his head out there. Not, not on Buzzsaw, annoyingly. <laughs> there you go. They didn't get that far into the continuity, <laughs> did they? <laughs> yeah, and then the Dinobot stamps up the top are, are all very mm. cool as well. Yeah, so if you want to find more details on those folks, if you just Google Royal Mail Transformers stamps, you'll get the link just fine. And hopefully you, you won't get the uh, more spinning wheels of doom like I've got here, <laughs> not showing what is going on. But like I mentioned, people, thank you very much for listening and or watching the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. As mentioned, we'll be back in November. We'll be delving into, at the very least, the beginning of the Headmasters run in Japan, and we'll see where that continuity went to. I mean, we might also have to do a little bit of a refresher, Andy, as to where things stand when it comes to the production mm. of the Headmasters, because I think we touched on it. It might have been when we delved into the TF Wiki notes of Return of Optimus Prime, because there was kind of that disparity between how long it took Season 3 to get produced versus when Japan started making Headmasters. Because I think it said in one of the notes that there are still some like season one and two characters in headmasters because either the movie and or season three hadn't come out in japan yet or something there was some weird disparity on that so there may be some some weird hang on how's that happened moment yeah yeah well, I, I, yeah we can expect some interesting moments along those lines i suspect but we will cr- we'll cross that bridge come november so on that note everybody until next time, from myself, Jeremy Graves, from him, Mr. Andy Hanley, we've been Starscream's Ghost of Transformers podcast. Until November, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone, and happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>